0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Ball or Nothing podcast. I am your host, Joey Capusta, and this is episode 11. That is 11. Stranger Things 11. That is 11. Carson Wentz 11, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Can't believe we've been through 10 episodes already. We're going on 11. And we're going to keep it real today, guys. We got a lot going on, not just in sports, but in our country. That seems to be falling apart around our eyes. So, this is going to be a real podcast where we bring it to you straight and we tackle some issues that honestly, not a lot of people want to talk about, but that's what we do here. Um, Special guest today, guys, we have on the show, he is the co host of Down by the Bank. It is a Duval Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. He's also the distant nephew of Idris Elba, he happens to be the leading receiver. For Sticky Fingertips in the History of Flag Football, and he also has the greatest initials of all time, JK, in his name. Mr. John Kellum. Kellum, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? How are you? Doing good, bro. I'm hanging in. How'd you like that intro?
1: That's a hell of an intro, man. <laughs> I hope I can uh, live up to it on this. That, that was an awesome one. Uh, I don't know. I think Berto would beg to, beg to differ on the leading receiver, but I was there at Sticky Fingertips before he was. So uh,
0: That's I, true. I was, that's true. And I went to your Wikipedia page and I fact checked all of this. So even yeah. if he wants to debate that, um, yeah. I'm just letting you know on your Wikipedia page, all that stuff is true. So,
1: yeah. Wiki is true.
0: <laughs> all right, perfect, man. Well, well, me and Kellen have been boys for a little bit. And um, he may be lying when saying he listens to the pod and everything like that. But I think he knows the kind of gist of it. But yeah. um, another shout out to you guys at Down by the Bank. Um, you could find John on there as well, uh, talking all things sports, Jaguars, Duval, you name it. But, John, one of the things we like to do to start off the show, my friend, is called the get it off your chest portion. I want you to go ahead, rant, rave, bitch, tell me something that's just pissing you off, especially since we've been in quarantine without sports. Go ahead and uh, let me know something you want to get off your chest.
1: All right, so two things. Number one, you know, I have kids, and we'll get probably get into that later, but uh, the distance learning. Like learning and trying to homeschool my kids has been probably the worst experience as as a parent. Like (laughs) I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. All my friends that have kids that are young right now, I'm like, you guys are lucky. Like you guys are dealing with the easy shit. Like having to, you know, having to teach my son how to count change is the most like he asks just questions that have nothing to do with it. So you know the the school they send you. Uh, like a little PowerPoint, and, you know, first of all, nobody has printers now at their house. It's fucking 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's well, that's frustrating, number one. And number two, it's like you're trying to teach them with the, the, the coins and everything, and, and it, you, you can't see it physically. So I go to the store. I get a bunch of nickels dimes, quarters, dollars, even got the little Sacagawea coins, all this <laughs> stuff, right? So I get everything, and so I've got the coins laid out in front of him, and I'm like, okay, you know, penny, nickel, dime, quarter, And so he looks at the nickel, and he's like, this is 5 cents, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, so look at the dime and the penny. They're the same. I'm like, yeah, those are small ones. He goes, so why isn't the dime 5 cents, and why is the nickel 10 cents? I'm like, bro, great question, but it's (laughs) irrelevant. (laughs) You just need to know that when you see this guy on this nickel, I don't even know who it is. You see this person on this nickel right here, and you see the silver dime, this is 10 cents. And it's just been you know, leading him one way. And then, uh, you know, my daughter there. So my my son is in second grade or going to third grade now. My daughter is uh, from going from first to second. And so with her, it's her like spelling in reading. So she's the type of person that will try to pronounce every letter of the word. And it's like the the most frustrating thing thing, because she does this thing with with her mouth where she's trying to pronounce like where she'll be like, you, you can't see it on the pod, but and it's where I'm just looking at it, I'm like, the word is where? <laughs> <laughs> and so just, just that, that, that's frustrating, man. But, you know, I'm glad that's over with. And I think more recently, um, and this is probably something that you could probably talk about a little bit too, is, is meal prepping. Meal prepping absolutely sucks. And I'm not talking about just like grilled chicken, you know, rice and vegetables, nothing like that. But like having to like weigh your meals. Like, I need six ounces of chicken by this time. I need, you know, four ounces of rice and a handful of broccoli, all this stuff. Seven asparagus. The worst. So meal prepping and homeschooling, that, that's, that's
0: it, man. Bro, I'll tell you what the worst part about meal prepping for me is, and I, I try not to do too much of it because my girl does do most of it, but cleaning the Tupperware and arranging the Tupperware, and we have a cabinet full of Tupperware, and if you've ever tried to put Tupperware away, if you look at it or breathe on it, the entire thing comes falling down like a pyramid all over the place, and you just want to smash everything to pieces, so... uh, It's
1: terrible. It's terrible, man. And then, like, on top of that for me, like, I'm not a chicken tender pizza kind of guy. I like actual food. I like eating, like, you know, Thai food. I'll go get, you know, Chinese, Italian, whatever. I eat everything, and it sucks just being restricted to eating oatmeal and egg whites, then, oh, guess what? Got this fresh batch of tilapia and brown rice. Oh, what's for lunch? Fucking chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guess what we're having for dinner? Tilapia! Yay! You know, and, like, you can only church, you can church it up so many different ways. You can add, like, seasonings and different, like, vegetables and everything else like that with it, but at the end of the day, I mean, you don't, at 8 o'clock at night, I'm not looking forward to this last meal of 6 of tilapia.
0: It changes your mindset so much. You're like, oh, man, I'm going to sit down, watch some Netflix, and I'm going to eat the same shit I've been eating for the last three, four yeah. days.
1: <laughs> it, it's like you're not eating for enjoyment; you're eating for fuel. You're eating just because, like, if I don't eat, I get hungry. Mm. I mean, duh. But if I if I don't eat, I get uh, angry. So it's like now I'm eating just to not tear my house apart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the world we live in now, man. It's 2020. We're eating not to get angry anymore, bro. Like that's yeah. that's what it's turned to. But
1: first no problems there.
0: You need to you need to eat so that you can keep up that uh, Elba family lineage of success, body, all that stuff, man. So more power I, to I noticed, you.
1: So uh, I went and got my hair cut uh, on Friday, and I had a couple of gray hairs coming in, and my barber was like, "You know they do that paint shit. Where they, they <laughs> you, want me, you want me to clean that up?" I'm like, "Nah, roll with that ride. <laughs> Walk around with a head full of paint."
0: The I'm old like, Lebron spray like, paint. paint? Is that you talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, man. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. Just let let it grow naturally. Uh, I'm gonna embrace the silver fox.
0: <laughs> well good man it sounds like you're you're dealing with 2020 well especially quarantine helping the kids you know what you need to do is just be like look you swipe this card it's got nickels dimes quarters pennies all on here all you gotta do is swipe this one card and you'll be good but
1: i mean and and dealing oh uh, let me add a one a to that um so we have apple tv and my kids are learning to use like the remote and everything and so I'm watching it, and I just keep getting these Apple charges, like $2.99 here, $3.99, $4.99. I'm like, okay, what? This is enough. And come to find out, these kids have been ordering, renting Scooby-Doo, Troll too. Like, you know, this is like AMC theaters around here now. You know, everybody's watching the fucking midday matinee on Tellem's Dive, you know what I mean? So I put into that real quick and added a little, little, little price, or a little uh, password to it. But yeah, man, yeah, it's, it's going as well as it can be over here. <laughs>
0: Well, thanks for getting that off your chest, man. Um, uh, I'll give you a couple, too, as well. Um, You guys have seen what's going on in the world today. You know what's going on, especially in our country. And one of the things that pisses me off the most, and this doesn't even have to apply with what's going on right now, it's social media influencers of all kinds. I swear to you right now, it boils my blood to see someone get out of their Mercedes, hop out, with makeup, hair done, heels, and a fancy dress, and a laminated sign that they took done just to put up a peace sign and say something like they're part of the cause. No, you're not. You're just trying to get likes. You're trying to get hits. Don't take the drill out of a dude's hand who's working to help repair the city that's falling apart just so you can get some some likes and clicks on the gram. Don't do it. You know, like, uh, people ask questions all the time like when you're growing up, like, what's one super power you wish you could have and mine's always been dumb as hell i wish i had like unlimited nerf footballs that would just appear like (laughs) like you know like legolas arrows you know he never runs out of them bitches he's always got a hundred in lord of the rings no matter what if i had a a million nerf footballs just at my disposal and i see people doing dumb shit boom 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 there it is i'm knocking the phone out of your hand it's not going on ig so that's one that pisses me off and the second one look if you want to get a pet, if you want to get an animal and you want to bring it into your home, you want to bring it in as part of your family, that now is part of your family. Right. I can't stand coming across things that people moved into a new house or they moved into a new development or they they got with a new girlfriend or spouse or whatever, and now they have to give up their pet or their dog. No. Yeah. That's not how it works, man. You get this animal, you've rescued it from wherever it is, that is now your family. You know this as well as I do, bro, like, it, that's, that's a part of your family right there. So that really pisses me off, especially the shit I see about that, like, abandoning animals at the side of the road, giving them up because they're no longer a puppy and cute anymore. No, that's not why you get them. You get them because they'll love you unconditionally, so you should do the same.
1: Yeah. And the, and the funny thing too about that—that is—is like people will post like every other day on their social media, like, "Oh, I just got this dog. I just got this dog," and the next day, the dog has vanished. It's like, yeah, you just did he did he just disappear
0: for the gram or, again?
1: Like, well, why 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 didn't you just take the time and invest you know the, the time in, in an animal? I mean, the thing too about pets is like they can't communicate, they can't like tell you what they want. You know, they just need your time, and if you don't have the time to potty train your dog if you don't have the time to you know get your dog socially you know acclimated with other animals like if you go to dog parks and you see that there's always that one just aggressive dog it's like dude come on you know like take him on a walk somewhere else don't bring him on all these other family-friendly dogs and everything and I mean, because at the end of the day you know your dog is your family and if my dog is getting a dog fight at the dog park i'm going after the owner exactly <laughs>
0: exactly exactly it's 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 terrible man and and now I'm taking a deep breath now. I'm, I'm glad we got that off our chest. Yeah. That's a good way to start the show, but um, John, let's, let's get into some serious stuff here, man. We don't typically do this on the pod, but with what's going on? It relates to sports, it relates to everyday life. That's what we talk about here. so let's keep it real. I want to yeah. talk to you a little a little bit about what's going on in the country today because it needs to be addressed. It's a it's tough question, it's a tough conversation. It's a tough topic that some people don't want to have. But we're going to have it here on this show because nobody's going to get better unless they hear shit, unless we talk about shit. So I'm going to just give you the floor, man. Um, I'm white, so I really don't have any two cents to add here on what's going on. I want to listen to what you have to say. Tell the folks listening at home. Tell the audience listening to the pod. um, Your take, your philosophy, your experiences, and we're just going to try and soak it up here.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. So I, I appreciate you giving me the floor. And, and first and foremost, this conversation—it um, should come if if you if your heart's in the right place. This is not a hard conversation to have with anyone of your friends or anyone that uh, of, of of person of color, uh, whether they be black, brown, you know, whatever. If you if your heart is in the right place and that friend is your true friend, or if you are coming from a place of unknowledge and just want to know. Uh, it it shouldn't be a hard conversation to have with someone. I think the times when people, you know, they, they, it becomes difficult or when people are scared and they're scared of what they don't know. If you want to know something about someone, you know, the the best way to do is ask, just have the conversation, just have the dialogue, just go ahead and want to learn about that person that comes from, you know, having a, a sincere and that, you know, that, that genuineness about you. Um, but you know, just to give you a little bit of background about myself Um, You know, grew up in Jacksonville And then, um, you know, my dad was in the military So we went over to uh, Sigonella, Sicily And I spent a majority of my childhood In Sigonella, in Italy, you know So, um, over there Everyone was different, you know So, at an early age, I was exposed To Filipinos, I was exposed To Spanish people um, I was exposed to Italians I was exposed to other black people Because on a military base, everybody's from everywhere You know what I mean? So, and then when you're in, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you just, you play soccer with these kids, you play basketball with these kids, you go eat dinner at these, uh, at this house. Um, and so, you know, to me, you know, race was kind of something that I was oblivious to because everyone was different. You know, you had your black kids in your class, you had your Italians in, your, in the class. Uh, and it was really cool because the Italians were coming from. They were. They were actually there in Sicily, but they were going to school uh, on base. So we would learn like Italian, um, you know. And the, the coolest part about it, and even still to this day, is like sitting at the lunch table and seeing what everybody's got for lunch. You know what I mean? So like, you know, the Italians, you know, are bringing probably last night's dinner. Um, you know, the Spanish kids are, you know, bringing something that their mom made. Black kids bring. So and it's kind of cool to sit around and see what everybody else is eating. Um, and, and, you know, that at an early age, it's that foundation that, you know, one that I learned that the best way to learn about somebody or talk to somebody is over food, you know? So having that conversation and talking to them about food, but then also just being able to kind of, you know, open your your mind and realize that, you know, there's not just one race. There's not, you know, everyone, everyone is different. And, um, still to this day, I I think I'm a very small percentage of an even smaller percentage because, you know, my parents Have been, my my parents are high school sweethearts. They've been together since they were uh, 16 and 15, and they're still together to this day. So, you know, one, I have that. um, You know, so being a black male and growing up with a father figure in the house, huge. You know what I mean? Um, Two, with my parents being in the military and my mom being a chef as well, uh, it was one of those things where we never really had to worry about, you know, I was never food insecure. You know, so I never had that quote-unquote struggle that, you know, people rap about. You know, never had to sell drugs. Had a you know had a really relatively, I would say, great childhood growing up. Not have to worry about anything. You know, you get a pair of shoes for your birthday, you get a pair of shoes for, for Christmas, and you get a pair at the start of school year. So never have to worry about anything that, that way. So for me growing up, it was a different type of, I want to say, experience growing up for me is because when we moved here... To back to Jacksonville, you know. Back to Middleburg, you know. Before it was like, you know, before we had the Publix and all of this stuff, you know. It was Middleburg, you know. Anyone from Jacksonville, Florida, knows what Middleburg, Florida, is. Uh, it's gotten a little bit better now, but um, and man, I can remember honestly when I was like, when I was probably third, I was, I, yeah, I was probably twelve or thirteen, dribbling a basketball in the front of my in the front of my 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 uh, my driveway, and someone just drives by and just yells fucking nigger, 13-year-old kid, literally sitting there dribbling a basketball, minding my business, had no idea, and then so I'm dribbling a basketball, and first of all, I'm like, you just drove by and just, okay, like, all right, cool, and then so my dad comes sprinting around the backyard and was like, what was that, and I was like, I'm literally sitting here you know, do, working on my sham god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally working on my sham god right now and just, you know, doing layups and just shooting threes and everything else like that. I have no idea what that just happened. So, of course, uh, you know, that's when you had to talk. And it's like, look, man, um, and and I'll never forget it. my dad told me uh, I had two strikes against me. I was a male and I was black. And I was just like, bro, there's no way there's people that are really going to be you know, everyone, and growing up again, everyone loves black people. Everyone loves Michael Jordan. Everyone loves Kobe Bryant. Everyone loves AI. Everyone, you know, loves Shaq. You know, so so seeing this and 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 realizing it, and then you know, from that conversation I had, uh, and and my friends that I have right now, my core group of friends, you know, Spanish, white, black, everyone I'm friends with, and I and, um, you know, going going through that and, and seeing that and having that eye opening experience, it, it wasn't really you know, a point in my growing up with me where I had, you know, like actual racism where someone was yelling at me or yelling, you know, hate things at me, but it would be, you know, me going to the mall, looking at a pair of shoes and someone literally just saying, "Oh, hey, are you are going to buy that now or, or, or what? It's like, no, dude, I, I don't want these. These are Adidas. I'm putting these back. <laughs> <laughs> or or just, just walking through and, um, you know, being at, in, in different in different restaurants, Uh, people, you know, automatically asking or automatically telling you that, you know, um, you know, what are the specials for the day? And it's just like, bro, you know, you're going to get the, you know, you're going to get the chicken, like, you know, that, 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 that kind of thing, you know? So it wasn't, it, it it wasn't really actually directed, but it's been more indirect racism and indirect things that I've had to deal with, um, with growing up and, you know, the, the, the crazy part about it is, is that, you know, I built a core foundation of friends that, you know, never really looked at me as they look, they knew, they know I'm black obviously, but it's not like saying, Oh yeah, I can't be racist. I got one black friend, John, you know what I mean? I was never that one black friend, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, but throughout high school, throughout, you know, adult life, early adult life, you know, there have been, you know, times that, you know, I have been, you know, racially profiled, uh, going to different bars, hey, man, you can't come in, you got on Jordans. like, bro, everybody just walked in through here with Air Force Ones, I've got on Jordans, okay, we have to go somewhere else. Or, you know, just being just looked at completely differently. Or I think the number one thing, too, is, uh, you know, growing up within a military family, it was yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And, you know, having proper language, it's like, it was a thing. It's like, oh, you talk white. That's like the, the craziest thing to me. It's like, how can you talk white? You know what I mean? Like, just because, you know, I'm not using, you know, Ebonics or slang or anything else like that or actually being, you know, somewhat, uh, you know, educated, not the smartest crayon or not the brightest crayon in the box by by far. But, you know, just having that type of intelligence, you know, that, you know, those kind of things, you know, covertly have been, uh, you know, displayed and things that I've seen before um, that would count as indirect racism.
0: And, and, and honestly, man, like I, I really appreciate you sharing that with me, sharing that with our listeners right now. I kind of want to touch a little bit more on that. Um, one thing that I always say on this show that, that bothers me, and I, and I guess it's because you know I'm obsessed with sports, you're obsessed with sports, is I hate when people say, it's just a game. It's just a game. It's just a game. And what I think about is, and feel free to interrupt me or correct me if I'm wrong, anything like this, I grew up in Orange Park, too. So I grew up kind of in that that area as well, you know, with all our circle of friends. And, it like, the highlight of your day growing up is playing basketball outside with your friends, you know, playing manhunt with your friends, playing football with your friends. And when you're playing sports or activities like that, you're going to have white, black, Spanish, you know, Indian, whoever. You're going to have all these different races. And as a kid, I really think, in my opinion, and like I said, please educate me. Please give me your stance on this, what you think. I really think... That these racist vibes and attitudes come from being taught by people already in the house, the parents. Because yeah. Yeah. as a kid, I just knew, hey, this is my boy John. This is my boy Joe. This is my boy Matt. This is my boy Chris. I don't, I've never told my parents who one of my friends was and they asked me what race they were, what religion they were, what anything they were. It was just, oh, this is my friend. This is my yeah. friend. So do you. I guess I want to say, do you agree with me that sports is a good foundation for people to not necessarily have so many racist vibes, or do you think, like I was saying too, it probably comes from the teaching in the house of previous generations?
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely hate is definitely taught. Um, you you are you are taught things that, that that you that that you're you're taught to be afraid of certain things, like you know the way that. You know, my, my kids right now, we have a retention pond in our backyard. I tell them, don't go near the retention pond because they're snakes. And they're snakes. So, grandma, it could be a grass snake. It could be, you know, red or black, red or jack, friend or black, whatever. I, I don't like snakes, so I'm telling my kids to stay away from the pond because I'm afraid of snakes and I don't want to have to deal with a snake, you know? So I'm telling them, and it could be the nicest animal. There's some people out there that love snakes, and that's just uh, a, a a broader thing. It is taught because someone may have had a bad experience with a certain race. Someone uh, in the past may have had a bad experience dealing with a black person. Someone may have had a bad experience dealing with, uh, you know, an Indian person. Someone has, may have had a, a bad experience dealing with, you know, a white person. So their racism, it, 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 it's taught, hate is taught, you know, from the house. And then again, you know, you have that, that, that teaching that's in the house, and then you project that out in the world because your kid is going to go to school. And if you're telling your kid to, you know, hey, you know, watch out for for, for Johnny's family over there, you know, they're black, the kid's not going to go near the black kid. He's going to assimilate and associate with people that look like him. Kids automatically, you know, go with what they're more comfortable with. So things that they see at home, um, they go out and try to find in school or in the world. You know, uh, I've got a four-year-old daughter, um, and her friends at school are white and black. She hangs out with everyone, um, and it's to the point right now where she's noticing that mom is white, dad is black, I'm brown, my sister's brown, uh, my brother's brown, and, you know, I'm hanging out with everybody. So, and, and that's one of the things, too, that we teach, too, is that you judge a person on the content of their character. If someone isn't nice to you, then that's a completely different story, but you're not just not going to be nice to somebody you know, because of, you know, the color of their skin. And, you know, on the sports topic of it, too, I think within youth sports, having coached youth, youth sports and everything else like that, um, that is one of the things that I kind of instilled is that this is your team, regardless of who you are. And, you know, when I'm coaching right now, uh, flag football or, you know, anything, we have girls that play, too, and it's like, no, these are your teammates. Regardless, you guys are – uh, the, the Thunder Panthers. So you guys already team together, and we're gonna go out and we're gonna win as a team, and we're gonna unite as a team, and we're gonna rally as a team. You help your teammate out regardless of what they do. So as a, a coach, um, you know it's your job to really still, you know, put that team factor in, and then make sure. But you know, you, you can't you can't teach that at home. You gotta hope that mom and dad are doing the same thing, and you can really tell whose parents are out there. You know, raising their kids the right way, raising their kids to understand that people, everyone's different, raising their kids to understand that, you know, you appreciate the good in everyone and you look for the good in everyone. Uh, and then you have some kids out there and taking, you know, direction. They're not used to taking authority for someone, especially that, that that's that's not white. You know what I mean? So um, it, it's, it's, it's definitely something that's taught at home, um, and it starts within the parents because the parents, should know better and should know that if they want to make this world a different place or if they want to make it better for their kids they need to know that their kids are going to have interactions with other people in different races they're going to have other interactions with people um you know growing up that may be gay um they're going to have interactions with people that uh come from different walks of life and this is your opportunity and this is your your responsibility as a parent to make sure that they treat everyone else with respect and, you know, and, and demand respect coming back as
0: well. I'll tell you what, man, that was well said. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I really wanted to kind of, you know, get your perspective on that. Like I said, share with the people, yeah. share it with everybody. Now I, I know, you know, obviously us being friends and being different races, but at the same time, you coming from a blended family, you coming yeah. from a military family, you coaching sports you've touched all aspects of what's going on right now in the world. So I really appreciate you letting me listen and letting everybody at home listen to kind of your perspective on that, the outlook of it, how we can change, how we can differentiate and what we need to do going forward. Because like you said, it shouldn't be a hard conversation. If you don't have any hate in your heart, this shouldn't be a hard convo. It's not a hard one between you and I. And we can only hope that, you know, whoever's listening, whether it be now, whether it be later, like, just gets a little bit of this and maybe utilizes it in their everyday life going forward so we don't have to deal with this shit all day every day you know
1: the best way to try to figure out and and to me i'm a um i'm an extrovert is it yeah extrovert so if i if if i'm coming if i'm coming to you from a place of ignorance i just don't know i just want to know i'm not being stupid i'm but the the only way that i know at a very elementary level the only way that i know or try to find out something is either i'm going to you know Google it or research it, or if it's a person, I'm going to go and ask them. Hey, you know, what what is this? You know, um, case in point, uh, in my career that I'm working with right now, um, you know, I do tech recruiting. I work with a lot of you know Indians and Asians. You know, so for me, and it for me to cult- culturally understand, not necessarily just say, you know, just not assume. You know what, what they're gonna say or not assume what they're gonna do, but it's just for what, you know, they would want to do. It's literally a, a, a thing from, hey, I'm bringing you in for a job interview today. We're gonna go to lunch. Are there any dietary restrictions? Because I, culturally, I'm going to Chick fil A all day. Right. But I, I don't know if, you know what I mean? I don't, so culturally, I just ask, and I think that a lot of the times it has become, uh, it has been a humbling experience where they're just like, they understand and they appreciate it. And it's like, no. Um, can we go have, can we go eat here? Can we go eat X, Y, and Z? Sure. So when we go eat at X, Y, and Z, and it's just like, look, man, I've never eaten here before. Can you put me on game? Let me know what's good. Let me know what I should eat. Walk me around. Let me know. So that way when I'm in the same situation again, boom, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm working with someone and I, and they say that I have these dietary restrictions it's like, Oh, okay, well we're going to go to fifth element right off Bay Meadows. It's a, it's a great cuisine and they are more appreciative of that because sometimes people really, um, you know, are they're, they're, they're afraid to project that they're not normal. And your normal is different from my normal, you know what I mean? So, of course, uh, you know, within society, you want to kind of really be, you want to appear to be normal, but you should really just, you know, be yourself. Uh, if you don't like certain things, or if you don't like certain foods, or if you're, you know, trying to, you know, engage in a dialogue with someone, you know, it's just got to be straight up with that person. And, you know, uh, people want to really try to appear to be normal. And I would much rather have, you know, go somewhere with someone that they're completely comfortable, as opposed to we're somewhere else. And they're just, just kind of put off by it. Because you can tell by body languages and things like that on, on, uh, on if someone's comfortable. And I think the thing is, when you want to find out what makes a person tick, you have to ask. And I think that you know, in this current climate right now where, um, you know, where people are afraid to have the conversations, um, you know, about black people and, uh, you know, what's going on in the world right now, um, I think that the best thing to do is be able to have that conversation and be able to come with a sense of humility. You know, not one of those things where it's like, of course, all lives matter, but can you tell me why black lives matter? If someone can articulate to you um, and without getting angry and just saying, what do you mean? Why don't you think Black Lives Matter? It's like, well, look, the reason why people are protesting and saying that Black Lives Matter right now is because, you know, systemically um, and, you know, at the hands of the police and the justice system, Black people are being treated way worse than any other race, uh, you know, right now in America. And again, I don't even fall in that that, that category, like where I've got a speeding ticket before, you know, I've, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, okay, walk away, you know what I mean? And it's one of those things where if I have not been in that demographic at all and for me to still say Black Lives Matter, even though I have not been treated by me personally, I'm speaking for myself, even though I have never had a, you know, a a terrible incident with a police officer, that would be me using, quote unquote, black privilege because I'm separating myself from, you know, my race. It's like I've never been arrested before. I've never had a cop whoop my ass. So. You know, all lives matter when that's not the case, when it's just like, look, that could happen to me. And so the thing that I've been kind of relating to some of my friends that ask questions or that are having this is like, look, you know, you, you like me, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm a black male. You know, no amount of money is going to change that. No amount of status symbol is going to change that. So you put yourself in my shoes because the way that you like me, someone else liked, you know, George Floyd the same way. Someone else like Fernando Castile, the same way. And now their world is shook because this person that was known throughout the community and a good friend and everything else like that, you know, has been subject to police brutality. And imagine if it was me that was subjected to the police brutality and how would you feel? Because it could easily be me. It could easily be you know, my dad, somebody else that you know that, you know, or, or you know, someone else that you, you know, have a personal relationship, it can, can easily be that person. And I think that's why it's important to be able to, you know, understand one, be able to, you know, have that self-love, but then also, you know, have the balls to be able to say that, you know, hey, this could have been me. This can be me. I'm a traffic ticker away. And, you know, someone having a bad day away from saying, hey, sir, you get out, get out, put your hands on the car right now. You know what I mean? Four sweeping tickets.
0: You know, at, 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 while you're saying all that, John, I'm kind of trying to drink it in, trying to, you know, put myself in other people's shoes and understand what they're going through. And I saw a quote the other day that kind of hit me, and it, and it said, the hardest thing in the world to do is change your mind completely after you've been given information to help change your mind. So I could be the most racist person in the world, and you come to me and say, hey, look, look what's happening because of this. Look what's happening because people are making, you know, improper moves or judging someone based on the color of their skin, their religion, their sex, their orientation, whatever. And for me to change my mind, that is the hardest thing. And I'll tell you what, it kind of hit on something that you were saying, why people don't ask questions, why people don't change, why people don't empathize with other people is their pride. So many people don't want to put their pride to say and say, you know what, teach me, you know what, help me understand. You know what? I never really thought about it that way because you know what you have to do after that? You have to say, wow, I was wrong. Yep. I was wrong this whole time. I've been thinking this, but it's really that. And I mean, right. part of me can understand it because if I'm sitting here saying, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the world, best team in the world, best team in the world, and we end up going 2-14, and 14, I have to be like, damn, not I was wrong. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, there's not much I can say now. So I have to put my pride aside and say I was wrong. So I think that's the biggest issue is pride and someone saying, shit, you know what? Someone else other than me may be right about this, and I need to listen instead of talk so much.
1: And, and I think, too, uh, another thing is at the end of the day, man, you have to look at it as a, as a human rights thing. If you can literally sit there and say, that this dude getting his getting, you know, his his ass kicked, and a and a and a cop kneeling on his neck while he's in handcuffs. If that's not wrong to you on a human level, just on a human level, like break it down very very microscopic. If you think that cop has the right, you know, to 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 put his to put his neck and whole body weight on this dude as he's literally saying I can't breathe, you know, you easily just taking neck, All right, cool. He's already he's he's moved. Oh, you know, he's he's handcuffed, he's retained, let me get off of him. You know what I mean? So if in your psyche, and if you don't feel like on a humanitarian level that that is wrong, it, it, it's crazy, man. I mean, you just got to, if you don't think that that's wrong from a human standpoint, from a human standpoint, like, do you think he should have his neck pinned into the ground and his knee on that, you know, on on, on his back? Or however, it, Or do, do you think it's wrong? You know, in this situation right here, regardless of what everything has been done, and I think a lot of the times, um, you know, people really have these, um, you know, one is based off experiences and like emotional attachments, but you know, a lot of the times, you know, I, I've had the argument where people were like, "Well, he shouldn't have been, he, he shouldn't have been breaking the law," and it's like, okay, but what law is worth being executed, tried, and 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 you know? Jury, tried and executed right there on the scene. I mean, you've got, you know, people out here mass murdering and being taken away completely, you know, without a scratch on them. You know, a, 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 like literally, a person going into a church in Charleston, South Carolina, Carolina, slaughtering people in a place of worship. You got somebody going to a school, you know, shooting up a school, you know, where your kids. Where the, that's the last place you should have to worry about your kids getting hurt at. It's, it, it's fucking school. You know what I mean? They should be going to school. I'm not talking about, like, a bully, you know, a fight, a school fight. That happens, but you should not have to worry about, you know, somebody walking into your kid's school with an AK-47 and shooting up the place and then that person, you know, being reprimanded completely, you know, just saying, oh, okay, put your hands up, he drops the gun, he puts his hand behind his head, and he's taken without a scratch. You know what I mean? As opposed to, like, a $20 bill, a fake $20 bill, or, you know, someone selling CDs or, you know, cigarettes or, you know, the, the list goes on, and, and I think that's where the the struggle, and, and that's where my argument is with some of the people that really don't understand and aren't really taking the time to educate themselves and listen, because if you think a mass murderer can be taken into police custody, completely fine, and you think a guy selling CDs or selling or 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 you know on the street corner you know selling CDs or walking away from. You know, uh, a convenience store with an iced tea and some Skittles or playing loud music, if you think that person should die on the spot, what do you think the mass murderer should happen? You you know, like it, 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 and and that's what the thing that I try to, you know, educate because, you know, some of my family members, you know, that, you know, when I married my wife, I married her family. You know, sucks, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, and, and that's where. You know, I have to come in and step in and just and just say, you know, hey, this is what's going on, and then you have to deal with that. No, John, we like you, and it's like, well, if you like me, you know, you 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 got the whole family. That means you like my mom, my dad, you like my brother, you like my uncles. You got, you know, um, you you like the athletes. You like, you know, you like everything that comes with me as being associated as a black man. I'm not. You know, I think Jay Z has a song out called "I'm Not." Uh, it's called "The Story of O.J.," where O.J. Simpson has been, you know, quoted as saying, "I'm not black, I'm O.J." And then he's just like, "Okay, no, you're black." You know what I mean? And it's the same thing with me. I, you can't, I can't take that acceptance from you saying that. You know, yeah, John, don't worry, man. I like you. You're cool. You're a cool ass black guy. It's like, no, you, you have to take it all in. You have to take me in. You have to take the culture. I mean. If if you want to go to, you know, Southern Social and do the wobble (laughs) when it comes on, that's a a black man wrote that song, you you like black people, you know what I mean? If you want to, you know, be down with saying that, yeah, I like, you know, collard greens and, and, you know, shit like that. If you like black culture, you like black people. You can't separate the two. And I think that's what a lot of the times people really have a, a hard time accepting and, you know, falling in love with, you know, the black culture but not falling in love with the people who, you know, inspire and create that culture.
0: I I completely agree with you. And I think, you know, to kind of to wrap it up, the main point is listen, learn, educate yourself, and change. And just, yeah. you know, I'm down to do the wobble with you any day, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm down to wobble whenever whenever time comes. And again, it's not a hard conversation that you
1: want to have. I mean, you know, just educate. Of, and, and learning. Just if there is someone, and and the best way in my recommendation too is if you work with someone, if you have someone that you're dealing with on a daily basis or anything else like that, I think you come as a humble you know, person to say, hey man, I just want to learn more about you. You know, not say I want to learn more about black people. I just want to learn more about you. You know, and I think that's the common thing that's not happening, um, you know, a, a lot in these workplaces and in these different, you know, societal places where people are just not going up and asking the
0: questions and wanting to learn about other people. I completely agree with you, man. And, and again, I appreciate you sharing all this and dropping some knowledge and dropping some perspective on us. Um, you know, I, I don't want to have you on the pod just for serious stuff, man. I want to chop it up with you about your beloved Jaguars. Um, I know you're co-host of a pod, like I said, at Down by the Bank. Um, so let's get into some Jags topics too, man. Like, uh, let, let, me, let me pick your brain a little bit on your beloved Jags here. Um, first yeah. off, our, let's just say that this whole COVID thing clears up and everything goes well. You are you going to any away games this year? You got any circled?
1: So the one that we have circled right now um, is Minnesota, December. I think it is the sixth or seventh. Don't get me wrong. I think it's the seventh. I believe. Why do but, I have uh, a guess yeah, I mean, of
0: who's going to be going to that game? Ah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So of course. So <laughs> whatever. It's always it's always sweet, sweeter to me whenever. Um, my my friends' teams are playing my team because that's where, like, for that day, all the gloves are off. Yeah. You know, you are the enemy. And until until that clock strikes zero in the fourth quarter, and then, of course, we're buying shots and doing everything else like that. Um, but I, I love watching games um, with teams or with friends that are opposing teams. So, And then plus Minnesota, man. I've been in Minnesota once before. I went to the Mall of America. It was unbelievable. But now being able to go, um, you know, up there you know with one of the biggest Viking fans that I know from like literally ever uh, and then you know going with you know Nachi and then going with uh, you know a couple other guys that are Vikings fans as well I mean it's just it, it, it's the perfect storm man so Minnesota in the in the in the cold um, I've been to Kansas City before as well so another hostile environment where we just got our ass torched by my
0: home so <laughs> But, yeah, Minnesota, man, that's where it is. That's where it's going to be.
1: And I think, as far as going to watch the Jags play, they've lost more than they've won on the road. So it ends up being one of those things where I'm there just taking the culture, taking the game day experience. Um, you know, I like seeing what you know, different NFL fans or different NFL teams, like, you know, offer their fans as far as the fan experience and fan engagement. um, And, you know, eating the different food in the stadium, seeing what they're known for there. um, Yeah. So, yeah, Minnesota is where we're we're going. Fingers crossed if we have football.
0: Yeah, that'll be fun, man. And I know they have one of the most, I haven't seen it, but I know they have one of the most beautiful stadiums in the league right now. So that should be a pretty cool venue to see. Um, What about you? Dude, I'm telling you, I think I think we're gonna try to make a Pittsburgh trip this year. The Battle of PA, Um, Eagles versus Steelers. Uh, I know you guys hate the Steelers, so that'll uh, own the
1: Steelers.
0: Oh, own the Steelers. Okay, okay, own the Steelers. So hopefully, we can have a little good luck against them too. Battle of PA. I got some family that's kind of divided, um, part Steeler, part Eagle. So it'll be good to watch the game with them, go up there. Um, You know, my boy O lives up there and we would go watch the game and everything like that together as well. So I'm thinking that's where we might go Um, is Pittsburgh. I haven't seen the Terrible Towels live yet. So hopefully uh, I can wipe my ass with a couple of them when I go there.
1: um, So I went up there in the playoff game with Joey and Jay. So we went up there and and just had the I, I mean, when I think when the Jags were up twenty-one nothing, Joey's trying to literally like stop. You know, we Pittsburgh. I'm like, you know what? Beating on my chest, screaming in teal. I'm, you know, just just having a good time. Um, speaking of battle versus PA, my first hockey game that I ever went to, I think I texted you was the uh, Flyers versus the Penguins.
0: Oh yeah, crazy like, rivalry, the
1: first ever bro. Hockey game that I've ever been to. I'm like, oh, all right. You know, this is drinking my Bat Blue. <laughs> like, oh, this is this is uh, this is kind of fun.
0: It must have been pretty intense because that's a huge rivalry. The uh, Penguins and Flyers are a huge rivalry. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, I'm excited to go to Pittsburgh. I, I love that city as well. Um, still sticking on your Jags, bro. Give me give me a breakout player or two. Who, who do you think makes, like, the transition this year? Who do you think breaks out kind of on the national scene? Um, so with us being a small market team, <clears throat> the obvious
1: answer is Minshew. Um, I, I think Minshew, um, you know, is – Somebody that is going to, or had a lot of the league's, you know, attention, had a lot of everything because of his, uh, you know, the mustache, the shorts, the way he dresses, uh, a little bit of his play on the field. You know, he, he had that comeback victory. Um, you know, in in uh, in in Denver, um, you know, he, he rattled off I think like sixteen straight completions against Kansas City. You know, granted we were already down. You know, by like you know, a game and a half already. So, um, you know, from from that point, I think, but as far as someone that doesn't casually or someone that doesn't follow the Jags as hard, maybe is a casual person, um, look for Trey Herndon um, filling huge shoes in coming, uh, you know, after Jalen Ramsey, you know, got traded to the Rams. Uh, Trey Herndon stepped in uh, and didn't miss a beat. Um, I think he had actually, I think he ended up having more picks than Jalen um, you know, did last year as well. And then, plus, he had the other side kind of half with A.J. Boye, who's no longer here also. So kind of I would say my one B would be C.J. Henderson, the number one draft pick that we've got. But um, between those two guys that are kind of flying under the radar, you know, you got your boy Minshew, and then I think Josh Allen as well coming off the end um, with everything happening with in, in Gokwe. I, I know you asked for one. But we're a small market team, so everyone gets 25%, so it equals one player. So, um, you know, look out for for a, a couple of guys, you know, from a small market team and a small market perspective um, that, that are really going to be able to fill the stat sheet up with some really good plays. But um, I, I think I've, I've had to rename my dog. Uh, his name was Ramsey, so now I, I call him Trey Herndon. <laughs> 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 so, I, like we were saying about getting rid of pets, you don't get rid of pets. I just called him and he came up here. You just got to rename hey,
0: him. You just got to rename yeah. him. That's all. I just got
1: to rename him either. I uh, think Kate. And now when we take him to the dog park,
0: people have been like, oh, Ramsey, like, is in Jalen? And we're like, no, Gordon. <laughs> like, oh, oh. And oh, Chef like,
1: Ramsey. Oh, okay. Of course, Jalen. What, what do you think? Yes. dog <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, he got traded. So,
0: yeah. I like it, man. That touches on earlier, my uh, get it off your chest, I guess. So, I like it. Um, but you, you know what I really wanted to ask you too, John, was, so, you talked about Minshew earlier. And as a team, what is the goal this year? Is it to tank? Is it to compete? Is it to see what you have in Minshew? Maybe a little bit of both. What is what is the goal this year? Or what do you want to see this year?
1: Bro, so many people, and I don't, and I don't get it. And my, my one of my number one friends, you know, Farinacci, he thinks that the Jags should tank for Trevor. And I'm like, bro, do you know what type of mentality you have to have to go out and want to lose every game? I was like, they're not gonna lose every game. They're not gonna lose. They're not going to lose enough games for them to be in the sweepstakes for Trevor. So um, I told him I think the Jags are over under is six games. I think they win more than six games, you know, at least six or more games. So seven and nine, uh, you know, anywhere in that realm. But um, for me, I think they really have to see what they have, uh, you know, in Minshew because you cannot keep doing this, you know, this this, uh, carousel of quarterbacks. You have to have a quarterback. You cannot keep – you know, switching quarterbacks, you can't keep switching offensive coordinators. You can't keep switching head coaches. So I think, the, you know, the decision to stick with Doug on this last, like, you know, go around, um, you know, kind of shows the commitment, um, the struggle. I see why they kind of stuck with Caldwell as well, because when a new GM comes in, he's gonna want his guy, he's gonna want his quarterback, he's gonna want, you know, his, his head coach, etc. So I think that they've done a really good job of putting the pieces, the legitimate pieces, around Minshew. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a uh, contract year for Fournette. Um, DJ Chark, the re- receiver that kind of had a breakout year last year. Um, you know, this could be if he has another great season, this could lead to an early extension. Um, you know, we we have a, a couple pieces on the offensive line too: Jawan Taylor, Cam Robinson. Uh, you know, young, you know, book in left and right tackle that can really solidify themselves and really just you know have that investment. So. I think on, from the offensive perspective, you've got a lot of guys that are trying not to prove it, and the dividends could pay off if they prove themselves. You know, for Nett, you know, we'll have to extend him probably, but, you know, the way running backs are here in the league, it's a dime a dozen. But you still want to kind of build that cohesiveness, um, that, that same team unit. But I think they've put enough pieces around Minshew with LaVisca Chanel coming in, um, with Chris Conley, um, you know, D.D. Westbrook, um, you have uh, D.J. Chark, you uh, the receiver they brought, or the tight end they brought in from um, Cincy, uh, Tyler Eifert, he's got weapons. So with every all the weapons around him now, now it's really seeing, like, hey, what can this kid do? I mean, last last year, as far as from the tight end perspective, they literally had a guy that was selling cars at Cog and Nissan, you know, and then he came and suited up on a Sunday, you know. Um, from the defensive side of the ball, uh, there are a – so the defensive line is, you know, of course we've got Yannick, and, uh, and Goffway, who's you know who subtweets and secret tweets every minute, so he's calmed that down for a little bit. But you know you re- you uh, you replace him, you know, well not replace him, but you kind of bring in Chase uh, Chaseon, or Calavion. These names, man, the names are just unreal. So him with Josh Allen on the side, uh, Shaq Quarterman, young kid from uh, Oakleaf High School, right up the road, four-year starter at Miami. I think Joe Shobert, of course, plays this year, but if this kid comes in, four-year starter, he is a true middle linebacker, someone that's going to direct traffic, someone that's going to hit you, you know, uh, you know when, when the ball comes to you. And then I think from the secondary uh, perspective, I'm trying to hit all three levels. From the secondary, man, Ronnie Harrison, uh, free safety from Alabama, again, put up or shut up, you know what I mean? Uh, I think the team is very young. It's going to be one of the youngest teams in the NFL, if not the youngest. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I can see this team going 7-9, and nine, um, you know, and then hopefully making that next transition the next year. Um, but I don't see them going, you know, 6-10 and 10 because they were they, – they, 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 or anything lower than that because they were in games with Minshew when he had shit for talent. I mean, they were in games. They were in a lot of the games where he was making rookie mistakes. There was a point, you know, in this in, – in a couple of games of last season when we got the ball back, I'm like, okay – You know, we have hope. There is something's going to happen. This kid, he's not going to just, you know, absolutely just, you know, do something stupid. He's not going to pull, you know, like a a, a Blake. And there were some times where he should have gotten rid of the ball when he should have and, you know, took a a strip sack when he shouldn't have. But those are learning. Uh, And then the same thing, too, along with that, you know, with him scrambling in the pocket uh, against Denver, he kept us in some games. Uh, Scrambling in the pocket against, uh, you know, Carolina kept us in some games. But Carolina, for some reason, ran the same running play 58 <laughs> times and we could not stop it. Bro, they had the popcorn guy running a veer right and we could not stop it. The play was coming. I knew it. I was watching the game. And the way everybody was lined up, fullback coming in motion, kind of motion, motion, motion behind, um, not Cam, who was their quarterback?
0: Um, uh, Allen, Kyle Allen maybe? Yeah,
1: uh, Kyle Allen would motion behind them, And literally, he would fake it to him. And then, literally, Christian McCaffrey would go off. Now, granted, McCaffrey's McCaffrey, so you're not going to stop him. But if you know the play is coming, you know for a fact that he's getting the ball. There are 11 guys on the field. We have, literally, heavy tight end sets. The ball is going to one person on this team. It's 22. It's going. And then what they would do, they would just flip the play. They would just literally flip it, like Madden.
0: If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what they did, bro. McCaffrey went off. And then they had, like, a second-string guy that went off for, like, two touchdowns, too. <laughs> you know, I guess. So, so the, the defense, you know. But I, I think, man, no, they're not going to tank with Trevor. There's no way. No way.
0: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You have a bullish yeah. Jaguars prediction. No for-
1: way. There, and then with the, expanded, with the expanded teams in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I mean.
0: Are you saying what? right now on the pod, John, that you guys are going to be the no, seventh not, team getting into the playoffs?
1: I am not saying that. But I'm, I'm not saying that. But I'm. But you're also not saying that. Seven and nine. Seven and nine? Okay. Is, I mean a division. That, that I mean, didn't Seattle sneak in with like a seven and nine? They did so a few
0: years ba- they did a few years back. Um so I mean, yeah, at least you have some optimism. I like that. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's it's the AFC is kinda up for grabs outside of Cynthia and Pittsburgh. So yeah. nothing's impossible. Anything is possible there within within the AFC, that conference. But I, I just like to go on record again and say you're very bullish on the Jags, and I like it. I like the fire. I like the energy. It's about time we heard something on that fact. So yeah. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of digging that right now.
1: There's, there's no way, man. I mean, uh, and of course, all roads are going to lead through either Kansas City or Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, if, so you're going to get stomped by Lamar or 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 Mahomes. Take your pick.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right.
1: I you mean, know, there's no way. So I mean, but I mean, with Rivers coming into the AFC South, I mean, you got Deshaun, who he, he doesn't have he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. So, uh, and then with Tennessee, that's another one. They're just gonna feed the ball to Derrick Henry, and you know, just run him. So, uh, I, I think they can be competitive in the AFC South. I really do. It all depends on the defense. Um, and um, you know, I think I'll, the city would be more sold on Minshew if he would have won that game in London against the Texans. I think that's why he kind of screwed it up for himself. Like, if he would have won that game in, uh, you know, in London, I think he would have had the rally and cry. But, you know, the craziest part about it, man, I was at I was at the game where he got, where Foles got benched and he came in. And I've never, and I've had season tickets for like six, seven years, uh, been to a lot of Jags games, even worked the sidelines. I have never seen the crowd and I've never heard the announcer announce a second string. Person coming in, or the person is coming in replacing it. Like you know, usually when they say "all right," they'll they'll say you know, um, you know Gardner Minshew in for for quarterback. It was like now entering the game, Gardner Minshew. Everyone literally ran out of the line from getting their popcorn. You know, taking a piss at halftime came into the stands, and again, the, the dude's lighting it up with the same talent that Foles had. Not saying Foles is, isn't, isn't.
0: There will be no Foles slander on this pod.
1: Oh no, no, <laughs> I know. I know Nick Foles does not have to pay for a beer or a meal in Philadelphia for the rest of his life. Ever, yeah. I know, I know that. But, you know, it, it and it sucks the way it happened too, man, because he threw an absolute dime to DJ Trump Char- when he got hurt. Yep. Talking about, bro, if there was a if I mean, imagine someone and for the guy for people that didn't watch it or know, imagine someone throwing a fade in a garbage can from forty miles away. or forty miles, forty yards away. Literally. Drop of the bucket, perfect pass, and then he gets carted off. So yeah. it, it sucks, but you know it just wasn't his time. I mean, you think what do you think? You think you think he beats out uh, Trubisky in uh, Chicago?
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am an anti-Trubisky guy myself. I <laughs> I am never, ever, ever, ever going to give Trubisky any praise whatsoever. He's erratic. He has. He sees ghosts in the pocket, and even when he has time. He's kind of got, like, a short-release delivery that doesn't show off much arm strength. I'm not going to get into Trubisky, but I, I, Foles is winning that job, hands down. You don't yeah. trade for a guy with that much of a salary to not basically say, yeah, you're our guy. And if you were that sold on Trubisky, you would not trade for that guy, you know? But, you know, John, as, as we as we wrap up this show, man, I, I kind of got a bone to pick with you, bro. And it was about something that you wrote on Twitter the other day. And, you know, against guess my best judgment— I didn't go too deep into it, but I kind of <laughs> want everybody listening to know. So you put out a poll on there on who is the better dancer, yes, Michael Jackson or MC Hammer. Yes. And I thought the question should have been easy. And I'm not going to give away what the answer is. And, you know, I don't really care about your opinion on MC Hammer, bro. I really don't. But I think,
1: bro, people were, just to cut you off right there, because this is going to be people were looking at MJ as the entertainer and the singer. Okay, I get that. But as far as dancer, pure dance moves, like Michael Jackson has, you know, the moonwalk, right? Iconic. Yeah. MC Hammer has the typewriter that, that, you know, that okay, iconic. So they're one for one for dance moves, iconic dance moves. Michael Jackson, smooth criminal, um, you know, the lean, you know, iconic, right? Right? MC Hammer, the running man in 2 Legit 2 Iconic. So we're two for two right there. And as far as that goes, MC Hammer has the better cardio. He has the better moves. He, there is no, if, they, if you put them head to head right now, I'm telling you, Hammer wins in a dance
0: off. Bro, I, I, I'm going to interrupt you right there. So you said MJ has the moonwalk and the lean and Hammer has the typewriter and the running man, right? Yes. All right. I know, you, I know you're happily married and you have a beautiful family. Put yourself in the single life for a second real quick. You're at the club and everything like that. Which one of those guys' moves are you going to do if you're thinking you're going to look smooth and everything? You're going to walk up to a girl and just start hitting her with the running man or the typewriter, and that's going to work for you? Or are you just going to casually hit her with the lean, how you doing, I'm John, lean back, and then when she goes to talk to you, moonwalk your ass out of that way to the bar so she follows you over?
1: I'm doing neither of those. What I'm doing is I'm taking my chain, like Usher, and
0: spinning it around like she's spinning you. Okay, I I, I can roll with that answer. But that leads me to what I'm about to ask you now. So on the show, when I was with the Birds Informer, we used to end every show with a top five. So we're going to end one with a top five now. And I really, really want to get your answers on this, man. Okay. Top five. Best dancers. You can categorize it however you want from pure dancing, entertainment, singers, actors, whatever. Give me your top five dancers. Okay. Go ahead.
1: In particular order, and I'm going to rattle this off to you because I don't want to think about it and psych myself out. All right. No particular order, Chris Brown. Okay. Omarion. Okay. Michael Jackson. hmm MC Hammer. And as far as the last one, I'm going to have to go with...
0: James Brown. Okay, not bad, not bad. I I put a little bit more thought into my list, man, and and I'll tell you right now, um, you left a couple out that I was pretty shocked about. But, so in my top five, honorable mention, by the way, I have the Jabberwockies, and I only have them as an honorable mention because they're a group. They're a group, exactly. That's why I have them as honorable mention. They're not an actual person. But number five, at number five, I have a tie with Shakira and J-Lo. Okay, hear me out, hear me out. Shakira and JLo is tied, I'm just going with that. Number four, you said it with the chain, Usher. Okay. I'm going number four. Number three, how about this one? Jason Derulo, I got as number uh, three. Because of the TikTok? Not because of the TikTok, he, he, dances, he dances outside of that too.
1: Really? Yeah. Before anyone that's ever mentioned Jason Derulo as a dancer?
0: Okay. He says his name at the beginning of every song, so if you look up that music video, you can see him dancing. And he would dance circles around Hammer doing the typewriter. You can
1: replace Shakira and J-Lo, Re- replace one of them with Jason Derulo.
0: Whatever. Anyway, number two, huh? Thriller, Michael Jackson, the man. Okay. Number two. Oh, I'm ready to see who number one is. You already know it's breezy. <laughs> <laughs> you already know, and this isn't up for deb- <laughs> this, yeah. This is not up for debate. This isn't. I can see that. This is no number one. Is Chris Brown, in any era, he could. I mean, look. You know, I'm one of the biggest Drake fans there is, and um, and Chris Brown absolutely served him in their video. Um, no Beyonce. No. I, I don't. Man, I, look. I think I think Beyonce is a great singer. I think she shakes her ass a lot, and she was part of a group. But I don't think like straight up dancing by herself, she could be considered one of the better ones.
1: I mean, I'm telling you, man, you know, one of the things that we do here, um, you know, with my kids and um, like I try to do the same things growing up that I did with my parents. And so like Friday nights for us, it's like pizza and karaoke night, like no one's on their tablet. Kate and I really only have our phones just to record memories and kind of stuff like that. But, um, you know, this is a Michael Jackson, Destiny's Child. Um, This is a Monica Brandy uh um, boy is mine yeah this is a uh and then of course we got to throw in a little bit of maroon five here um for the karaoke we throw in a little bit of britney spears um you know the girls they love it when um i perform slave for you i have
0: to do it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna ask kate to record that for me the next time by the way
1: you know it's an Instinct house you know so uh friday nights is what we do man and um you know it, it's just that that's that's what raising you know your kids is like that's uh, from, a, from a parental, you know, making sure that they know good music. You know, this is not, you know, a bunch of mumble rap Migos. You know, I love them. My son loves them, but, you know, you, you gotta you gotta learn about Soul. You gotta learn about Usher here. You gotta learn about Chris Brown here. You gotta learn about Michael Jackson here at the house. So, uh, but So yeah, you're saying like,
0: I'm invited man. over next Friday is what you're saying?
1: You are. You are. But I really do appreciate, you know, again, um, you know, number one, having me on. Um, Two, being able to, you know, put this out in the uh, in the world, you know, you don't, you never know when someone's going to listen to this. You never know when someone's going to, uh, you know, actually, you, you know, come across your podcast uh, and, and want to learn something different. And I hope that this is the episode that someone randomly cl- clicks on and really understands that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we are all humans. But, you know, if you, if you really, you know, need to understand or really take a look at what's going on here in America, you know, this is land of opportunity, man. You know, everybody's got to be treated you know, right? And, um, you know, I'm just asking people out there to really just understand one another, take time to understand one another. Uh, and, and then,
0: you know, it takes so much effort to, to hate someone or to be prejudiced against
1: someone, and it's so easy to just be a nice person. It's so easy just to go, you know, just to learn about somebody. It's, it's too easy just to, you know, want to love someone instead of hate them.
0: Everything in this world costs money, but being nice is free. You don't have right. to spend a dollar to do that, man. And... <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on. I know we talk all the time, you know, offline and everything like that. But I appreciate you coming on, sharing your experiences, kind of sharing some knowledge. So, like you said, who who knows? Even if this only affects one person, and they click on it and they hear it and they learn and they change maybe for the better, if it just affects that one person, then it was worth it. You know what I'm saying? It
1: takes one person spark a change, baby.
0: And I'll tell you what, John. Um, again, tell the folks at home where they can find you on Twitter. Um, go ahead and give your pot a shout out where they can find that as well, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. So uh, you can find us on Twitter at, uh, or you can find me on Twitter at JK the Third. I am, you know, John Kellum the Third. So a uh, little nickname that stuck stuck with me. Um, my podcast Down by the Bank, um, you know, co-hosted uh, by Corey and Derek. Uh, you can give us a shout out or and a follow on Twitter uh, at Down by the Bank. Uh, I am the social media manager of Down by the Bank. So. If you have any uh, complaints, take it up with me and my, my mentions, and we can settle like men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> be sure to DM, be sure to DM him all your complaints, guys. And... No, uh,
1: you know, we, we really are. Uh, you know, we record during the season mostly Jag stuff. Um, you know, we do a little bit of. Uh, you know, we'll reach out to other podcasts that are kind of in the same listener uh, room with us on, like as far as uh, opposing teams, and just really chop it up. You know, drink a couple beers with these guys, uh, and, and then just really see what the the, the matchup's looking like. So, yeah, if you guys are, you know, want another perspective on the Jags, uh, you know, add down by the bank.
0: Guys, look up John and his podcast. It's a great one. It's a great follow. Be sure to follow me as well at Scooter ScooterMcGilly1 on Twitter. You can also find us on the podcast on Twitter at... B O N underscore pod. That's at B O N underscore pod. Be sure to like subscribe, follow, and rate us and down by the bank, wherever you guys see it. John, thanks again for coming on, man. This has been episode 11. We'll talk to you next time.